Warning. The following show contains material that may not be suitable for children, Bible thumpers, or conservatives. Do not attempt to recreate any of the stories from the show as this may result in harm or anal tears. Viewer discretion is advised. my god jesus what is up my fellow homos and faggots oh oh my god okay wait sorry i i I did the wrong one Let, let me try that again what is up everybody welcome back to another episode of the gay bible bitch oh my god i am excited i am fucking ready before we start the show how is everybody doing okay i know you can't respond back to me but act like you can so we're gonna try this again okay ready baby how are you you're good fuck yes you know what i loves to hear that i loves to hear that oh what what is that you're doing bad you feel down you feel depressed Uh oh well here's what i'm gonna need you to do to solve that little issue what you're gonna do is you're gonna pick up that emotion in both hands and you're gonna go outside to your local sidewalk and you're gonna curb stomp that bitch like a fucking baby oh oh my god was that controversial was that cry about it anyways i'm gonna tell you what i tell every expecting mother fuck them kids moving on so what is the story what's the sitch you may be asking well for this week's episode i'm gonna take you on a little spiritual journey that happened to me about three weeks ago and that story revolves around me going to san francisco for a random getaway that i planned three days in advance now you're probably asking yourself i thought this bitch was broke How the fuck did you afford a spontaneous trip to San Francisco? Well, before I went on that trip, I was just broke. And, you know, if you haven't been on food stamps before, let me explain to you the three levels of broke that there are in the universe. So for the first one, you have the sexy broke. Essentially, what this is, is it is an individual who is not rich and they're not dirt poor. They're kind of like in the middle. They always have money on hand, but they could never like buy a house or, you know, anything like that. They can only afford the necessities. So like condoms, lube, poppers, uh, bathroom wipes, uh, guys, no, I'm kidding. They have enough, but like not enough. They like always just have enough to just kind of scrap by and kind of live comfortably. So For the second one, you have the concerned broke. And this is the kind of person that will get invited to brunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever, at a restaurant with friends, and they will order a water or the smallest, cheapest item on that menu. And sometimes they won't even order. Sometimes they will just sit there, act pretty, contribute to the conversation. And when everybody is done with their food, they will collect the table scraps like a dog. That's that kind of broke. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we have the third kind. That is the unattractive broke person. That's kind of like when you look at the person, you're like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, no, 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 like, 
No, you're just like, that's like unattractive broke. This bitch can't afford anything. So like majority of the times that's college students. So, you know me, I've had my fair share of being unattractive. Well, and unattractively broke. So I'll just include that for you. So before that trip, I was at least sexy broke. You know, I was a sexy broke person. And you know what? I took great pride on that. You know, I worked uh, I worked pretty damn hard to get there, not going to lie. Uh, took a lot of time, took a lot of energy, took a lot of building myself up, one could say. And then San Francisco happened, and that really assaulted my wallet. So before that trip, I was at least a sexy broke person. And you know what? I took great pride on that. You know, I worked really hard to get to that point in my life. And then when I returned back home from that trip, I didn't even make the list. I made the different kind of list that no one ever wants to be on. So I'm sitting down with my banker and I'm like, just tell me how it is. Tell me how it is, baby. And he said the most attractive word I've ever heard in my entire life. He's like, Jake, you are so much in debt. You're so much in debt. And I'm like, oh, what? What is that? What does that mean? And he's like, no money. Like you don't have any money. You actually owe money. All in all, you could really just say San Francisco really assaulted my fucking wallet. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that. And the best way I can describe San Francisco to someone that has never been there is it's absolutely beautiful, but it is disgustingly expensive. You know, it's not even the fun expensive It's just gross expensive. Let's say that word again. Gross. It's not gross. It's gross expensive. It is so gross. So to get in the story, guys, I am going to give you all the dirty, dirty deets of my trip because bitch did not come here to behave. No, 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 no. I did not. Bitch came here to get into trouble and find a daddy to bring home and make a husband out of. That's what I did period. Now beware though, just like what they tell you before you ride the Splash Mountain ride at Disneyland, you will get wet. So get ready. So I get into the Seattle area on Thursdays to spend the night at my friend's house so, you know, I don't have to wake up too early the next morning. I think my flight was at 8.30 or 9. However, what I did that night not only fucked me literally, but fucked up my sleeping schedule to the point where when I woke up the next morning... I was not okay. I was not functioning. Now you're probably wondering, what did you do? What did your bitch ass do that night? Well, I had an adult slumber party with a very, very sexy man. Okay, if you guys don't even know what that is, you guys are honestly way too young for this show, so get the fuck out of here. Guys, I am joking. That's a total joke. Totally joshing with you. I need your support so I can afford food for the next week. I promise you I'll never do it again. I'll never say something like that. Um, Please forgive me. Please forgive me for that. So what happens next is I wake up from my adult slumber party and I head back to my friend's house. And guys, it was it was 2 a.m. It was really early. And when I laid my head back down on that couch pillow, I noticed I had to wake up in a couple hours. Fuck. I was just like thinking in my head. I was like, did you really need to do that? Did you really like why? And then I remembered because I do remember before I even went there, I was like, Jake, it's COVID times. You don't even know when you're going to be able to do this again. So fuck it. No sleep. The best thing is I always remember what Lady Gaga said. No sleep. Club. Another club. Another club. Plane. Another club. Bus. Like all that other shit. And I was really allowing that to influence me that entire weekend. And you know what? I'm happy I did because no regrets. No regrets. (laughs) 
But believe me, when I tell you this, I was suffering from crippling sleep insomnia the next morning. For real, I almost canceled my trip that morning. I woke up from like three hours of sleep and I was like, yeah, like, do we really need to go to San Francisco? Like, do we really need to? Like, what is that going to do for your life? Like, you already went to Seattle. You already got some dick. Like, just go back home and call it a day. But you know what? I made it because at that point, nothing was going to stop me from going to San Francisco and swinging from a chandelier and taking four skin shots. If y'all haven't experienced that, y'all are really missing out. I'm just saying. But anyways, so I get into San Francisco and oh my God, it, it's beautiful. You know, I was there for five minutes and I was like, I could see myself living here if I wasn't so fucking broke. Um, And, you know, it is just like Seattle, but so much better. Even the homeless people are better. You know, in Seattle, they will usually just scream at you if you refuse to give them money. But here they just scream at you whether you give them money or not. You know, it's very consistent. You know, and I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate consistency. But I landed in the heart of San Francisco and I tried to check into my hostel. But unfortunately, I had to wait another three hours before I could do that. I was like, hell no. I had the worst swamp ass of my life from sitting on that plane. We've all been in those situations. You've been sitting all day, traveling. You just want to take a shower. And they were not letting me. But basically, I'm like, you know what? Fine. I can't do anything about it. I'll go find something to do. And by the way, I did not look cute. My hair was greasy as fuck. And I just looked homely. Like, it honestly looked like I stopped trying, which I have, but it kind of looked like I was extra, you know, it looked like I was putting extra thought into not trying, but my hostel was in the heart of downtown, which seems like a dream, but in my eyes seemed like a stabbing waiting to happen. By the way, if you're in the heart of the San Francisco area, uh, like which is downtown, do not go out at night. It's just, uh, it's not going to favor you, but something amazing happened. I purchased a bus pass, got off at some random park that was probably like three miles West from where I was staying. I don't even know how to do this part justice because it it just truly was mind boggling. I just remember having such a euphoric feeling, especially because I brought my headphones and I was listening to one of my favorite bands of all times. If you guys don't know them, their name is Muna. I am absolutely obsessed with these three lesbians and (laughs) that's the easiest way to describe them. They're just like the most baddest lesbians that I can describe. I have a tattoo on my leg, big ass bold letters, Muna. That's how good they are. They're tattoo worthy. While I was walking, I played one of their songs and If you guys don't know who this band is, I recommend you go listen to them. Their name is Muna, M-U-N-A. They have an amazing song. It's called I Know a Place. And I have been listening to that song for three years consecutively. Anybody who knows me knows that I will always play that song when you're having a bad day, when we're on the car ride, when we're having sex, when we're fighting, when all that other stuff. It's just, it's a moment song. You can play it anywhere. You could honestly play it at a funeral and it would fit the scene. Sorry, I'm getting off topic, but I absolutely absolutely just love hyping these bitches up. Um, they wrote the song, I know a place and it was inspired by the pole shooting and they took that pain and they motivated it into a song. And it was one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my entire life. That song has gotten me through thick and thin. So again, I'm hyping them up, but if you're ever having a shit day, listen to this song. It's called I know a place by Muna and it will sincerely change your life forever. But continuing with the story, I'm playing this song. And if you 
you would have walked past me while I was in San Francisco, you would have just assumed that my doctor told me I tested negative for all of my STDs. Like there was just such a sincere smile on me. Like I was looking at this place like I had never seen it before. And truly I hadn't. I mean, the only time I ever went to San Francisco was when I was in sixth grade and we just drove past it. So, you know, I'm walking by all these iconic houses and seeing how beautiful this place was. And it truly did remind me why I came here because I'm gonna be completely honest with you guys. I needed this trip mentally. I needed a shock that was going to get me out of my depressed state. And in my mind, the only way to do that was to do something that was unexpected and, you know, made my heart pound and something that honestly and sincerely scared the shit out of my wallet. And guess what? My wallet was shit in its pants by the end of that trip. So let's talk about why did I decide San Francisco out of all the places? Like I could have chosen North Dakota, Idaho, uh, Montana, like all these like super like homophobic places guys of course i'm kidding i would never fucking step foot in those places so in deciding where to go my first initial thought was we're gonna go to palm springs because i mean honestly that's where all the daddies congregate and i was like you know what yeah like honestly if we're being for real right now that was where the first daddy was formed was palm springs i don't know if you know that um i found a really reliable source on WikiHow, and it said that that was the birthplace of the very first daddy. So I thought it was only right for me to pay my respects and go there and see if it was true. So I was making strides to plan the trip and I immediately said, oh my God, this is not happening. And basically what happened was it was so expensive. A last minute trip to Palm Springs. I mean, the plane tickets were $500 and last minute hotel fees were like $400. And then you include you know, going to the bars and food, like that would have at least been a $1,500 trip. Um, yeah, no, no, no. So I was thinking about other places to go. So one thought came to mind. So that week I had actually been watching this show. It's called looking it's on HBO max. It's an amazing show. Go check it out. And it just kind of takes you through the lives of, I think like four or five individuals living in San Francisco. And it's, and it's an awesome show, but what happened was plane tickets were cheap and the hostel was only 150 bucks. I think the plane ticket was only 300 and I was like, we're going. And that was three days in advance. So it was a very spontaneous trip, but I'm so happy that I took it. So in continuing the story of what happened when I finally landed in San Francisco and I was walking around and I was just waiting to be able to check into my hostel was essentially I was walking around and I stopped in my tracks. I was like, wait a minute wait a minute, where are all the homos? Every single city has a gayborhood. And I didn't know where that was. And the only time that I ever heard that San Francisco had a gayborhood was this place called the Rainbow District. But I typed that in and it showed nothing. And then I went on the web and then it was just called the Castro District. So if you're ever in San Francisco, don't type up the Rainbow District like my dumbass did. Type up Castro District. It is amazing. It's like Capitol Hill in Seattle on steroids. Capitol Hill, she could never, she could never compete, not even a little bit. So I finally made it to the Rainbow District or Castro District or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I was greeted by a lovely naked man. That was honestly a culture shock because I had just never seen a man just so leisurely walking around in front of hundreds of people, just dick out, dick and balls, no undies. And he had like no expression on his, on his face. Like he was looking at people like, honestly, like you are so lucky that I'm gracing you with my presence. Like he had some 
he had some big dick energy, honestly. And then I slept with him. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that was honestly a culture shock. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not used to that. I mean, the only time I'm able to see that in Seattle is, you know, during Pride. But, you know, Pride's been canceled for like two years now. So I have not had the opportunities to see that. And after that, I honestly spent a big chunk of that day just kind of like thinking in my head like, what kind of mindset would you need to be in to like think that way and like act like that? You know, and then I finally did come up with an answer. That man gave zero fucks about anybody else. He didn't care. And honestly, we can learn a lot from people like that. But after this naked man graced me with his beautiful presence and massive cock. I go to a restaurant and I get something to eat. And one thing I will say about San Francisco, they are lovely people. I don't think I've ever met so many kind-hearted people that are just willing to go up to you and just say, hey, how are you in my entire life? So after finishing my delicious quesadilla, I head back to the hostel and I am the only person that is staying in this hostel. You know, and at the start, I was like, oh, it's just, it's fine. Like, not everybody has shown up. Um, People didn't even show up until the second to last day that I was there. And when I say people, I mean one other person. That's literally all it was. I, If I wouldn't have done what I did next, I would have just stayed in San Francisco at my hostel and did absolutely nothing except sightsee, which I'm not saying that's bad, but I wanted way more out of that experience. And again, the reason I like was kind of sad that nobody was there. I was like, who's going to witness me being a sloppy mess at a bar? Myself? (laughs) That sounds horrible. So that night is rolling around and I'm still alone in this hostel waiting for people to come. They never did, as I have just explained, and it's around nine, and I was actually just kind of freaking out at this point, but honestly, I don't even know what I was expecting, just some random person to walk through that door and just be like, hey, come to the gay bar with me right now, and if you don't, you're homophobic. No, oh my God, that would have been so weird. They're like, dude, like, I just like, I just spent 14 hours on a plane, like, I'm not going out, and I'm just like, oh. Okay. And I mean, that just continues with it. Like, I did not come here just to stay at a hostel, you know? So I needed to resolve this issue. So what I did next was very important. I called one of the baddest bitches I know. And shout out to you, bitch. You know who you are. So I called her up and I was like, hey, I don't know what to do. This is my situation. My social anxiety is taking over. I don't want to spend another hour here. I want to go do stuff, but I'm too scared to do it. And she gave me some of the best advice that I've ever heard in a very, very long time. She just talked to me on the phone with a very calm, soothing voice. And she said, Jake, no one knows who you are. No one. You don't know anybody. They don't know who you are. Take this as an opportunity. You can be whoever you want. And for me, that was just being completely and utterly myself. I didn't have to put face on. I just got to just be me. That's it. That was an easy assignment that so many find horribly challenging. But I took her advice and I'm really happy that I did. And I did what any other little gay boy would do. I got ready. So I douched because you never know what the night might bring. And I took a shower and I put the best boy next door clothes on because, you know, I heard the daddies like that down there. And I get in my Uva Java and I was 
gone. So I pulled up to my first bar. It's called the 440. And, you know, I only pulled up to that bar, the first one, because that is where somebody told me where all the daddies were. So I was like, okay, we need to like do justice for this bar. Like we need to see, you know, we need to see if it lives up to the hype. So I get there, you know, and it just kind of reminded me of the time Naomi Campbell went on the Andy Cohen show and he just point blank asked her, he's like, did you go to this icon party? And this bitch literally just responds. She's like, no, it was called an icon party, but there were no icons there. And it was kind of the same vibe. I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is, this is something. This is something. Thank God it's the first bar. But I took a couple deep breaths because you know what? With anything with social awkwardness, you just have to keep breathing. You just have to remember who you are and it will pass. Usually for me, five to 10 minutes. But once it passes, you're all good and you're just vibing and you're chilling. And what happened? I was at the bar. I was like, hey, can I get a white claw? Like the basic faggot I am. I'm not going to lie. And my confidence started to finally resurface. Thank goodness. It was after like five, 10 minutes. So the confidence resurfaced so much so that I started to notice that my glass was looking a little empty. So I took another deep breath and I remembered my training on how to handle this moment. So I sit up straight, pucker my lips, give the doggy eyes and start letting my eyes wander until someone accidentally looked my way. So I locked eyes with this older gentleman and, you know, he buys me a drink, mission accomplished. And then we start chatting and then he finally introduced me to, you know, some of his friends. And before I continue with the story, can we please normalize something? When you're trying to introduce someone to a big group of people or a big group of your friends, just say these are my friends. I don't care who you are and how much you lie to yourself. You are not remembering anybody's name. And this always happens. And at this point, I just want to start telling people that I know their hand better than I know their name. Actually, in fact, I have started doing that. Whenever somebody's come up to me and they're like, you're Josh, right? I'm like, no, I'm Jake. And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so, I'm like, baby, baby, like, trust me. Like, I know your hand better than I know your name. And then we laugh about it and it's all good. And I don't know. I just, that was just something I was able to come up with. Cause I never remember people's names. I remember faces. I don't remember names, but I'm hanging out with this guy and we're just chatting and he's fine. But you know, there, there wasn't a lot of chemistry for me personally, when I'm having a conversation with somebody and the only thing that they know how to say is like, you're so hot. Like, how are you so hot? Like, how are you born like that? I'm like, ew. I'm like, first of all, don't call me sexy. Call me beautiful. Sexy is objective. Beautiful means that you could easily fall in love with me and give me all your money. That is what I go for. That is what I love. And that's what I love to hear. You know, and that goes for anybody. I mean, you can call somebody sexy. You call, you can call them hot. Um, once is fine, twice is annoying. And bitch, you don't have to tell me I look fucking hot or I look sexy. Bitch, I wouldn't have walked out of the house if I didn't know that. You think this is just coming out of the house? No, 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 no. My mom taught me the best things, how to look good and how to be insecure about not looking good. So I'm not leaving that house unless I look fucking 10 out of 10. So after enough time, I left the bar and the goal of the night was to hit every single bar or club I could because I didn't want to spend that entire weekend going out and, you know, you know, just doing that because it's expensive as fuck. It's so expensive between the Uber rides and the drinks that I'm also not paying for. It's just expensive. It, it's it's It gets expensive, all jokes aside. So I leave, give him a little kiss goodbye, you know, thank you for the drink. And I'm off and I'm walking to my next destination. So I'm walking down the street and, 
you know, I just stop in my tracks because I need to figure out where I'm going to go. Where is the next bar? And then something truly magical happened. So I am just on the sidewalk at this point, just minding my own business, looking at my phone and just trying to find out what bar I'm going to go to. So one group of people was walking one way and then the other one was walking the other way. So I guess you could say I was the point of intersection, if you want to call it like that. It's not a fucking math class, but that's the only way I can describe this perfectly. And simultaneously, this one group looks at me and they're like, you are so beautiful. And then as the other group is passing me, they're like, you really fucking are though. Like, what the fuck? And this group just stops and they're like, what's your name? Like, they're like, you know, they were literally just showering me with compliments and I was not used to that. I was like, uh, what, what? I was like, oh my God, like, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I can't believe. And they were so lovely. You know what? I remember their names because they were just amazing human beings, but they were like, what are you doing? And I was just like, nothing. And they were like, come with us. So basically I go with this group of people. We go to, I think this club was called Bo or something like that. This group of people buy everything. They buy my entry ticket. They buy me drinks. It was, it was honestly, it was awesome. And plus I just didn't have the money. So that was honestly just so clutch, but we go into this club and I look around and I'm like, oh my God, like these kids are like my age. Like these are children. Uh, I was like, where are the fucking old people? And I was just walking around and like, I could, I mean, the only disturbing part of that night that I just thought was just like so interesting is you could see a bunch of young kids that were like 20 or 21 through like 25 and then you just saw the groomers walking around and I was like oh my god like look at them just doing their thing you know working overtime Uh, good for them and what happens is we're just dancing we're having a crazy time but one thing I will add to this story one of the guys in the group had just come out and not that very long ago actually and you could just tell that this was one of the very few select nights that he was just able to be himself. And the joy that night was not going out. It wasn't meeting people. It was sincerely that I got to see somebody finally get to be themselves and be happy. Like, you should have seen this person. He was acting like I did when I first came out, being at the bars, the clubs. Like, literally, it didn't matter if he knew you or anything. If you made eye contact with him, or even if you didn't, he would take your hand and he would swirl you around and he would just get fucking lit with you. And I remember that was the exact same way that I was when I first came out. You just feel so free. Like you can do anything. Nothing in this world is going to be able to limit you because you finally have bursted through this fucking closet and nothing is going to take you back into it. But it was one of the most beautiful experiences in that entire trip. And I'm very happy that I got to see that. So the night is coming to an end and this group that I had just met, they're like, you know, they're getting tired and they go back home. So we say our goodbyes. We get the Instagrams, of course, you know, you know, they're the usual. And the next stop was the San Francisco Eagle, bitch. And I was ready for this because that's why I came here. You know I saved the best for last. So, let's talk about it. So, I pull up. This bar was nowhere near the Castro district. It was on it was in its own territory. So, I had to take an Uber ride and by the way, in San Francisco, every single Uber you take is 20 
to $30. So I roll up to this bar, I get in there, and I'm not gonna lie, like it was pretty, like it was not very packed. I was just like, oh, this kind of looks like an afters, like an after party with like no after, <laughs> whoopsies. And I'm like, okay, like we're just gonna get a drink. So I get a drink, I get a Red Bull. And then I asked the dude, I was like, is there any more people? And he was just like, oh yeah, they're all in the back. So I go in the back. It's like this backyard part of the bar. And again, the social anxiety was definitely taken over. So I was like, okay, I don't wanna just leave. I just got here. I just spent a fuck ton of money on the Uber and I just don't wanna go home yet. So what did I do? I just really, I chilled in the back. There was like a cute little bench and I just kind of sat there and, you know, did the smile, but I'm not going to lie. I felt so cringed. I, I like my body inside was killing me. I was just like, I feel like that dude that you see that's just nobody knows why he's there, but he's just there and he's standing alone. And that is the social anxiety. But again, it finally passed after 10 minutes. I had to wait fucking 10 minutes for this, or it was probably shorter, but it felt like an eternity. And an amazing thing happened again. This dude walked up to me. He was like, hey, can I sit by you? And I was like, yeah. And then we just started talking. And then his friends came up to me and then I became friends with his friends and we just started talking and it was a really good night. And you know, after talking to them and hanging out with them for like maybe like an hour and a half and stuff like that and just getting to know them, they left and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to spend like a little bit more time here because I really just want to soak up this experience. And I forgot to tell you guys, this wasn't just a normal night at the San Francisco Eagle. This was the underwear night. So there's a there's a ton of people just half-assed naked almost. And when I go back inside, because I'm slowly just getting ready to leave, I come across this go-go dancer and this man was fine and he was dancing and he was just looking like a goddamn snack and I walk up to the bar and I'm just looking at him and he is just eye-fucking me at this point I'm not gonna lie like I am eye-fucking him too and we just start I don't know we just start vibing with each other and he just tells me to come over and I'm like oh yes my moment has come so I walk up to him and we just dead ass we just start making out and it was hot and it was sweaty and it was grimy and it was oh oh it was a fun fucking night so I finally left the bar I go back home and I slept my hangover off and overall it was a good night I really did have to give myself credit because I did this all on my own I knew absolutely no one and by the end of the night, I had met some really cool people. So the next morning, I ended up exploring the city. And honestly, by the end of that trip, I walked about 20, if not more miles. You know, I did all the tourist shit and even went in to the In-N-Out Burger and waited in an hour line. Those burgers are worth it because, guys, those are not just burgers. Those are the Lord's Burgers, okay? If you guys don't know that, they have Bible verses on all of their, like, packaging and stuff. So just be aware of what you're eating. So after I'm done with that day and kind of sightseeing and exploring, I actually ended up getting invited again to go hang out with those guys that I had met at the San Francisco Eagle. So I was really excited. And we, we were not just going to a party. It was called Pig Fest or something. It was like Pig Leather Fest or whatever you want to call it. So what happens at night is... Out of the group that I had met, two people had come out that I knew. The other two ended up sleeping off because they were tired or whatever. I don't even know. I guess that just comes with older age. But, <laughs> God, I hope they're not listening. And I get there before anybody else does. And, you know, I get my drink and I'm like, okay, I'm not just going to stand here again, whatever. It, everybody was dancing in the back. And I was like, we're just going to get into this. So I just dive right into it. I start dancing with the first person I see. And it was great. And we were vibing together 
until he started getting a little too touchy. And I was like, oh, my friends are here. I will see you never. Goodbye, baby. So I end up catching up with the people that I had met that from that other night. They're at the bar and we just start hanging out. And to describe this bar with you, they had porn streaming from every corner of the bar even on the ceiling. It was insane. I don't know. At this point, I didn't know if I was supposed to like dance or jerk off. I like, I really didn't know. I'm like, I think I'm dancing. Am I, but am I supposed to go jerk off in that corner? I don't know. I'll come up with a solution later, but this is where the story gets a little raunchy. And I don't know if I'm proud of this or kind of just like, oh my God, I need to actually get on my knees and ask for forgiveness. But what happens next was kind of funny. So what happened was I was dancing with the group that I was with having a good old time. And then I'm like, okay, I think we're at the stage of the night. We're kind of, you know, we're liquid courage, if you want to call that. I'm ready to start making some heavy eye contact with people and just, you know, start making out, whatever. A little licky lick, a little sucky suck. So I start making eye contact and there was this man who walks past me and I'm just like, you know what? Staring contest. And I just stare with my my smolder, if you want to call it like that. Deadass, I probably was looking at him like a crazy person. I was trying to smolder, but it probably just came out like, like the scariest looking face ever but he locks eyes with me and we just keep staring at each other and I think in gay world when you stare at somebody for five seconds or longer that is an indication that one of you guys just needs to like buck the fuck up and go up to that person and that's what he did he came right up to me I was like who who are you please be single And we just start dancing with each other and we're just like getting up on each other. And he was just like, he looked at me and he asked me the most romantic thing any man has ever asked me in my entire life. You know what he said? (sighs) Can I suck you off? And I was like, oh, oh, um, right here. And he's like, no, baby. Like, no, what? He's like in the back. And I was like, what's the back? And he's like, oh, I'll show you. And I was like, oh, I was like, there's like a private room, a private area for just like the two of us to be alone together. It's like so romantic. Um, Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that uh, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. So I'm, I'm talking to this dude and I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, you know, and then he later tells me, he's like, I have a boyfriend. I was like, are you sure that he's going to be okay with this? And then I was really stupid and thinking that because it's gay world. I would say at this point, we're all open at this point. And he was like, oh no, my boyfriend is super chill with it. And his boyfriend comes over. Oh my God, this dude was 100% my type. So sexy, so sexy, big burly beard, kind of, you know, rough features, tattoos all over, nipple piercing, all the good stuff, all the good stuff. And he just looks at me. He's like, oh, you're cute. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. (laughs) What a blessing. This is such a privilege right now. Like what an honor for you to think that I am like at least somewhat appealing to look at. And so what he does is they both take one of my hands and they take me to the back and they open this door and holy actual Jesus, they open this door. It is a back room and it's flooded with 70 men in a room that's only supposed to fit like maybe 10 people and guys are not socializing back there like it's a fuck fest people are fucking people are sucking people are doing anything humanly imaginable that you can do and it was so beautiful I felt like I was like oh my god you know Stewie Griffin when he dies and he like is surrounded by all those men I felt like I was just kind of instead in a swamp full of men so they take me in literally the middle of this pit and basically I mean we're doing we're doing the dirty we're doing we're having sex with each other we're making out and I'm not gonna lie like having 
a bunch of people just watch you and while you're having an amazing time hanging out with these two beautiful men I don't know there was something quite raunchy about it but also something quite freeing about the experience felt like I'm really making the most out of my 20s um so basically that happens we're we're done and we get we book it the fuck out of there and they leave and I never see them again <laughs> I should have gotten their Instagram like the dude asked for my like the dude was like do you want my phone number I should have taken it but I don't know why I didn't give it to him that was a fail of mine but basically that happens I go back to my friends we're dancing we have a good time and I go back home that was it you know I mean, dance with a couple other people, dance with some of the go-go dancers, got some pictures. And to describe this party and to describe any person that is new to this community, I think the biggest shock that I ever had when going to one of these bars or one of these clubs or just one of these parties is I remember being in Canada. I went to Vancouver for Vancouver Pride. I think it was 2019. And the biggest culture shock to me or whatever you want to call it is when I saw two people that were not dancers. They were just participants and they were just fucking on stage. They were just dead ass fucking on stage. I was looking at them in awe. I was just like, what? This happens? And this is the same thing that was happening at this party. I was just like, you know, even the go-go dancers were fucking each other on the stage. I was like, this is insane. This is so cool. This is too tubular. It was just awesome. I was like, this is just sexually liberating. I feel at home. I love this. The night is ending and I want to leave on a good note. So I say goodbye to everybody and I get back home and I rest my head and I sleep again. And I wake up the next morning to a beautiful woman laying in the bed next to me. And she was visiting from Costa Rica, beautiful woman. And I was like, finally, there is a person that I can hang out with. But at that point, I was like, I'm done going to the bars. Like, I'm not doing any of that at all. So we just ended up doing touristy stuff together. I got to know her Instagram you know, exchanges, all this other stuff. And I think she's still there or she's somewhere in California, but bitch is living her best life. So after this, I wanted to end San Francisco on a high note and a good note. So before I even went to San Francisco, I got on Grindr and I was like, you know, who's around? And on my bio, I put coming to San Francisco, looking for somebody to show me around, show me a good time. And usually people will reach out to you and say like, yeah, of course, like I would love to show you around and ended up talking to this gentleman super super sexy and we had been talking you know before i even landed in san fran and when i say this man was a daddy he looked like my actual father okay guys guys i'm totally joking okay that okay that even grossed that even grossed me out at this point like i i'm gonna i'm probably gonna edit this part out like uh, uh, that was that was too far but we made plans to hang out and i i knew that i wanted my last day to be very chill and relaxing and hang out with a sexy man because after two days of just straight partying, walking. I was tired. I did not want to do any of that. So I did what every boy would do. I took a 20 minute Uber ride to this man's house. Was I scared that he would possibly kill me and chop my body up into millions of pieces and feed me to his dog? Of course I was. Why do you think I went? (laughs) But before continuing with the story, I wasn't expecting to actually hang out with this guy because he lived very inconveniently out of the way, you know, out of the city. So I wasn't expecting much out of it. 
but he sent me his Twitter. Now, this wasn't any kind of Twitter. This was an explicit kind of Twitter. No faces, just bodies and particular videos. Now, I give a lot away on the show, but for this part, it's going to require some real research from you homos that are listening. And saying this, the gay community bases its kinks off of colors, and we wear this on leather, cuffs, bandanas, handkerchiefs, And, oh yeah, don't forget the cock rings. These colors allow people to know what the other person's kink is. And there are many, many kinks in the world. But I'm not going to tell you outwardingly what mine is. You know, that's kind of like the fun part of this show. You just gotta, you gotta learn, but you also have to do your own little research. So, for me personally, I have, I have many kinks. But my absolute favorite would have to be the color red. Again, this will require a lot of research, especially for you straights out there. So, full discretion... This was probably one of the craziest hookups I've ever had, like one of the most. So I go over to this dude's house. I finally get out of the Uber ride. Obviously, he opens the door and I'm like, well, your ball's droppingly gorgeous. And we make it in the house and he's giving me the whole tour of his house. And this dude has a very nice house. I was like, damn. I was like, you're real daddy right now. I was like, you're a real daddy vibes. I four bedroom house in San Francisco. I was just like, <laughs> support me. So then after the little tour, we got naked or whatever. Doesn't matter. And then he is very honest. Like that was the one thing I really did like about him. He was just very transparent, very honest. And me and him actually had the same issue. We both had to take Viagra. And that wasn't because we weren't fucking attracted to each other, which is such a big misconception when taking Viagra. Sweetheart, your husband still loves you. He still loves you. He just can't get hard because I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor. But basically, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, like I have to take Viagra. Like I have to inject it in my dick every time. And I was like, and you know, I could tell that he was probably getting a little self-conscious about it. But I was like, baby, baby, I took two Viagras before I got here. You're okay. I was like, honestly, I love this even more. And yeah, like he was like, do you want to? to see me inject my dick with liquid Viagra. And I was like, um, is that even a question? Of course I do. Of course I do. That would honestly bring me such great joy in life. So we're all naked and he just injects his dick and it's kind of amazing. I slowly but surely just get to see this dude's dick get massively big and massively hard. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, I I want to use this. I want to use this. And for you guys thinking like, okay, he must have been like 80 years old. No, no, no. He was he was like 40 something, I think. I did I ask? I don't know. But besides that, we had some very beautiful sex. But then something from that Twitter account that I was trying to describe earlier caught my attention, something that I remembered from it, and I asked him if we could reenact one of the parts from his video. And baby, something magical happened. So I just asked him, I was like, hey, can we do that thing that you did in the video? And he was just like, oh my God, of course. And when you are performing this kind of act, it involves a lot of trust. You are putting yourself in a very vulnerable situation, a very vulnerable position, and it it is a lot of communication and it's a lot of trust. And you need to be very respectful of other people in this. Like this is one of the most intimate settings you'll ever be put in, but it's one that requires, again, like I was saying, a lot of communication, respect, and kindness. So again, going back to the story, I asked him and he said yes. And he he was very happy about it. And it was perfect. He already had the special things that you need to perform this act. And 
And it was great. He knew what he was fucking doing. He had a particular harness that he would wear during this and, you know, to make sure he was being put in a good position for the best pleasure. So I hadn't had that much experience doing it. You know, I just hadn't. So I asked this person and, you know, he did ask me, he's like, how many times have you done this? And I was like, "Uh, not that much. And it was amazing because right after that, he's like, well, I'm going to coach you a little bit. And I was like, yes, a a daddy and a teacher. This is like, am I in a porno? Where are the cameras? Where are the cameras? So he gets in the position that he wants. And basically, while we're doing this act, he is telling me exactly what to do, how fast, how to keep proceeding in the direction he wants me to. And it was amazing. And then once, I would say like about 10 minutes after coaching me through this, I knew what I was doing. And I just listened to his body. And by the very end of it, it was, oh my God, just thinking about it right now, I'm like getting a chub. But it was an awesome experience. It was an amazing experience. I would do it again, obviously. And that was it. And this story doesn't even end. You know, with a lot of hookups, I'm sure that you guys have had or you guys have heard, it usually just requires somebody getting there performing that action or whatever action or whatever you want to do. And then they leave. But I really did want to stay. I really wanted to get to know this individual. And I could tell that that feeling was reciprocated. And after we are done, you know, having some really good sex, we ended up showering and we ended up making our way down to his downstairs movie room or whatever it was called. And this man literally just buys us a huge sushi plate that could probably feed, I don't even know, like a family of four. And we were big men, like he was big. And, you know, I can put away a lot of food. And I mean, to just, you know, kind of sum up that night, we spent pretty much that entire night talking, getting to know each other, asking each other what we think of different things, you know, where we've been in our life. It was a beautiful philosophical kind of conversation. It was a very deep, meaningful conversation. I have not experienced that in a good chunk of time. So it was nice. And it was nice to remember what that's like. And especially to share that with somebody that you just met is even more special. And after that, guys, I broke my rule and I feel so bad for doing it. I'm just going to come clean with you guys. I spent the night. Honestly, that feels a little bit better to say because I I just had to get that off my chest. And I was going through it this week and I was like, oh, fuck, am I going to share that? Oh, I don't even know. I'm always making fun of you guys and saying, don't fucking spend the night. It's not worth it. Don't do it. No matter how much you are in the feels, do not spend the night if you've just met somebody because you're going to wake up the next morning. Conversation is going to be awkward. And the dude is probably going to drop a mad hint that he wants you to go home. Um, This is a big one. Oh, my God. I have so much stuff to do today. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. That is the biggest hint that somebody could give you that they want you to get the fuck out of there. But honestly, I had no excuse as to why I couldn't go back to my hostel. I mean, this man was literally offering to drive me back home. But I said no. <laughs> Because at that point, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was like, I I just don't care. I was like, this is vacation, whatever. And we woke up the next morning and I definitely thought that there was going to be some morning awkwardness. And to my amazement, there wasn't any. This man fucking made me breakfast. What the fuck? He made me, de- he dead ass made me breakfast. I woke up 
and I was awaited with breakfast. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. It was literally just eggs, coffee, and a banana, but it's the thought for me. Literally, that's probably the most I've ever gotten from a morning wake up from somebody I just met. So it was nice. It was lovely. And what happens next is we essentially, we finish our breakfast and he drives me back to my hostel, which was so nice. And it was nice to, I don't know, it's kind of nice to spend you know, a good morning with a sexy, sexy man. So no complaints there. So he drives me back to the hostel and he drops me off and I said goodbye. And then I end up going to a quick breakfast before my flight with somebody that I met when I was traveling to Bali three years ago. And we got breakfast, we caught up. It was a beautiful time, beautiful experience to see her. And that's honestly why I encourage everybody to travel because when you travel, you create these bonds with these people and it's these traveling bonds. Bonds, and you will always have a place to stay and you will always be able to come back years later. It doesn't matter how long it is and you'll be able to reconnect with these people and it's lovely and I love traveling. That's a huge reason I love to travel is to meet people because it is very beneficial and it works. We finished breakfast again. I had two breakfasts that day. That's that's new for me. And she drops me off at the train. I get on the train. I go back to the airport and I'm back in Washington. And that's the fucking story. That is what happened in San Francisco. Again, I'm always going to remind you, if you like the show, go subscribe, rate us a five, comment, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your homophobic family members. They'll love this show, especially. Guys, I hope you have a beautiful fucking week and I will see you next week, next Sunday. Love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.